Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hello, welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, where we celebrate the self-made and we talk to people who have done just that. I'm talking to Larry Wingett today. He's my friend. We smoke cigars together. He's also a best-selling, six-time best-selling author, a real legitimate best-selling author, like the New York Times, USA Today, Wall Street Journal best-selling author, not an Amazon bestseller. You can buy his books on Amazon, though. His latest book is called What's Wrong with Damn Near Everything?, He's, uh, he's my buddy, and he lives not too far down the street from me, and I decided that you would benefit, dear business-minded listener, if you had Larry Wingett in your head today. Larry Wingett, welcome to the show. You know, I would hate to think about a guy who's got Larry Wingett in his head, but <laughs> <clears throat> poor fella. Uh, so we, we got this podcast uh, geared to small business people, business-minded people, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, folks that want to be solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, yeah. and business owners. And I normally have kind of a series of questions I go through, but with you, it's a different ball of wax. What do business people get wrong? I think that's what we need to probably talk about today. What do business folks get wrong? What's a couple of things you go around like I do, speaking to business groups all over North America? You have uh, run your own business. So what do we what do we get wrong? You know, I think there's so much, and boy, we could talk forever on this. And I think the number one thing they get wrong is they forget why they started their business. Okay. Businesses exist for one reason and one reason only, and that's to be profitable. Period. If you're not profitable, you don't have enough money to pay your people. You can't serve your customers well. You can't order your products. You can't pay for your products. You're in big trouble. And yet today, that's not the message we get. Profitability is second to passion and loving what you do and taking care of your people and making sure everybody's happy. And I just kind of never gave a damn whether anybody was happy or not. I thought that's what their paycheck was supposed to do for them. If they're happy, that's their business, not my business. My business was to make my customers happy by serving them well. And that's what made me profitable. Profitability is king. Yeah, there's uh, obviously, and if you keep up, dear listener, obviously you see my stuff, you know, on social media. Well, you'll see Larry's stuff out there as well. And I do encourage you to keep up with him. Listen to him. Go on LarryWingit.com. Follow him on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, and on LinkedIn, he, he puts memes out there, and he and I put memes that are mean because we don't put out there a bunch of horseshit where it tells everybody, oh, great leaders uh, understand compassion and passion and compassionate, passionate. I've got enough passionate compassion out here, and I'm like, no, you know what? Great leaders probably more so say, God, how can I get the most return out of this individual? How can I get the most out of this person's talent? And instead of all the passionate compassion that we have to hear about. So when I think about uh, uh, you know what I see in, in businesses doing wrong, I think, okay, first off, they do lose sight of what they got into their racket for. You know, if you've read my book or if you're going to read my book, Do Business Better, I talk a lot about, it was very clear to me when I quit my job in July of 1994, I wanted to be rewarded for my own hard work uh, as opposed to rewarded on uh, my ability to kiss butt. You know, mm-hmm. the, the corporate thing of merit-based raises and merit-based promotions, well, sometimes it's your merit of how much ass you can kiss. And I wanted to be also creative. So my big driving force has always been to be rewarded for my own hard work because, you know, guys like you and I are self-employed, which really there's no such thing. We work for other people every way, every day, day and week. 
And also, we, we want to make more money, and we do that through our own volition. And then, of course, the creative side of it. So people get in their, their business going, and then they lose sight of their why they started. And I've never done that. <clears throat> I've never done that either. And I think one of the enemies uh, of successful people is their own success. You know, we forget what made us successful when we first started. When you woke up when you were first start, starting out, and, and I know you were just like I am, I was hungry. I mean, I needed to make some damn money. And so every morning, I was on the phone early. I was figuring out what I could do that was unique from the rest of the marketplace. I was busting my ass every single day. Then you get successful. And, well, that kind of slides a little bit. You don't get on the phone as quick, and you don't work as hard being unique and because you're experiencing uh, some success. And I don't think that's any different for a guy who runs a dry cleaners as a guy who runs a, 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 an auto body shop as it is for a speaker or a writer. Yeah, there's, there's a, it's, not, it's not that you're complacent. You have a little more general contentedness because it's like, good God, I was just doing everything I could to keep the alligators at bay yeah. my first two years. Now, you and I have talked about this also. We didn't come from much. Uh, when I hear folks that are now, you know, I'm 49, you're a few years older than me, uh, and you're in your 60s. Well, uh, my son, my daughter want to start. My daughter wants to start this business, so I'm going to help her out. Well, are you really helping that person out? You were hungry. You, you. I wrote down the word here, hunger, because I was still paying off college and I didn't have anything to rely on other than my work ethic. Uh, I'm not sure that folks that start out not being hungry are ever going to really uh, get to where they need to be because they don't have to keep the alligators at bay as much. And they're like, okay, they've always got that. that they've already started out complacent. Starvation is the greatest motivator of all time. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I think you do have to have somebody, the wolf on the other side of the door there, in order to keep you eager and hunger, hungry and driven and motivated. And, and I do think complacency isn't the right word. You're right about that. You get comfortable. There you go, Com comfortable. And uh, when you get comfortable, I think that can lead to laziness. And so I believe that you kind of have to always be aware. Look at, I mean, we're surrounded by Sears. The largest retailer yep. uh, ever. And, you know, they're out of business. And then Bezos said the other day, there'll come a time Amazon goes bankrupt and will be out of business. Did he say that? Yes. Yeah, because when you point out to folks, because obviously you and I are on the speaking circuit and we watch other people get on a stage and talk. So 20 years ago, it was Starbucks. Oh my God. Every person, every hack had to get up and talk, had to then also talk about Starbucks. Well, Starbucks uh, took a 50 cent cup of coffee and they made it all about you and they put your name on it and blah, 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 blah. So Starbucks was the example that everybody in the business trade used as the example. Well, of course, now it's Amazon. Mm -hmm. And uh, Amazon is... Uh, a, a huge player, obviously. Amazon is the dominant force right now in retail, or at least they're, they're moving into that direction. Uh, and I point out that I've seen this too much. We heard it about Sears. Remember, Sears sold you everything for the home, including <laughs> the home, and it would extend you credit. So these mom and pops right here in Kansas... How the hell could they compete with that? They can't extend credit. They can't mm -hmm. ship you a, a, a craftsman-style home on a train. So Sears was the devil to mom and pops 100 years ago. And then, uh, of course, Walmart. Walmart, oh my God, and the people still, they rally again. When Walmart wants to move into Chicago yeah. or Washington, D.C., man, especially people that lean a certain way politically, they just go crazy against Walmart. And then it seems as though Walmart is like yesterday's news. Now it's Amazon. Yeah. So, and I think it's smart of Bezos to realize that you, what he's saying is, I got to stay hungry if I'm going to stay on top. 
And so you got to constantly be aware. You know, one of the best books I read in the, in the last few years is by one of our buddies, Randy Pennington. It's called Make Change Work. And he said, if you're going to be successful with the, the marketplace changing the way it is, what you got to do, and I love the, the, his use of this word, it's you got to stay nimble. Mm-hmm. Nimble's a good word when you think about it. And he said it's going to come down to faster, better, uh, friendlier, and cheaper. Those are the four things. Faster, better, friendlier, and cheaper. How can I run my business faster? How can I be friendlier? Because face it, we all like to do business with people who are nice to us. And I think that's why I like Amazon so much is I don't have to deal with a human being. Faster, better, friendlier, or what? Cheaper. Cheaper. Okay, so uh, there's a big thing. And uh, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're a reader... Randy Pennington, uh, Winget's good friend, and they they do a lot of stuff together. In fact, they do the Ultimate Business Summit. If you really want to up your game, sign up for the Ultimate Business Summit. You can find that through Larry Winget's fan page. You can find it on LarryWinget.com. But uh, they get together, business owners, business people, entrepreneurs, folks like you, and they work with you for, what, two days? Yep. And uh, you can sign up for this. doesn't cost you all that much. You'll get... 10 times more value out of it than you put into it, trust me. Uh, but Make Change Work by Randy Pennington, faster. Okay, there's a big point about that. Uh, you know, uh, my buddy Bruce Turkell, who also is a speaker and author, talks a lot about the two things you're going to have to do. you got to give them money or give them time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so faster, you just gave people time. Mm-hmm. Better. Well, obviously I wrote a book called Do Business Better. And... Uh, <laughs> We disagree with a certain uh, certain person on the speaking circuit who says different is the new better. I say, no, different isn't any better at all. I mean, uh, our buddy McCain talks about it. If I bring you your steak at the restaurant and I slap you in the face, that's different. It sure as hell isn't a better dining experience. Yep. Uh, friendlier. Uh, of course, you and I are, are known as being kind of a little bit hot-headed and uh, sometimes, uh, shall we say, prickly. But I'll go with friendlier. And then certainly cheaper. Well, I just pointed this out last year. I bought Lori a hot uh, griddle uh, for her Christmas present. She said, I want this for when we make French toast and bacon. I said, okay, that's fine. Silex, Proctor Silex brand griddle. It was $19.99. I remember not having one of those growing up on the farm because it was what rich people had. Because why would you need that when you have a skillet? Mm -hmm. They were more than $20 in 1978. So Mm -hmm. 40 years later... Griddles are cheaper than they were 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Faster, better, friendlier, cheaper. I'll go with all those uh, on, on why it make change work. So the person listening to this podcast right now, Larry, what are they supposed to do with that? Well, they're supposed to take each one of those and say, how can I deliver my product service in a faster way? How can I be friendlier as I deliver my service? And friendly does not go down to one-on-one. See, I think Amazon's particularly friendly to me. Uh, and I, I, I like that. Uh, and uh, how can I be better? How can I be cheaper? And what I like about your book, Do Business Better, and hell, I don't know, I wrote the foreword for it. We appreciate that, by the way, dear listener. Uh, Larry Wing is the guy that wrote the foreword for this. His, na- his, his name is the only other name on the cover besides mine. Well, there you go. But here's, here's what I like, is that you don't have to say, as many of the other idiots out there who do what we do for a living, you don't have to be 10 times better. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be amazing. You don't have to create a wow experience. All that <laughs> crap all these idiots say. Won't you just be a little better? And wh- where should I be better? Well, why don't you ask your customer? Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of this whole thing that you're supposed to be amazing and you're supposed to be this. And, and that's great if you can be those things. The reality is, as, as I point out, this idea of striving for perfection. Uh, 
the world doesn't really expect perfection because almost nothing is. Uh, and your customers will forgive your imperfections as long as you're striving and delivering each day a better product than who else they could turn to. You know, I think your best customer will be the customer that you screw up with. Take responsibility for it. And make amends. Apologize. Make it right. I think that becomes a customer that says, wow, they made it right. Yeah, to a certain point. Now, I'll, I'll also say that I owned a car once. And uh, the dealership, I, you know, it was it had a problem, and I had to take it back. And then it had a problem, and then I had to take it back. And it got to where, you know, every time you call them, hey, just bring it in. We'll make it right. I'm like, you know, I'm getting kind of tired of this shit. <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm getting tired of this shit, because how many days and hours and minutes of my life, I get that you'll make it right. You want to make it right? Just take the damn thing back and yeah. give me another car. So about the third time of making it right. So I agree with you that when you can prove that you're there and stand up, uh, and stand behind your product, that's great. But after the third or fourth or fifth time, it gets to where there's no... there's no Well, uh, third or fourth or fifth time, you got a bad product. That, that's right. But I'm talking about just a little mistake that most people in business, they don't know how to take responsibility. No, nobody knows how to take responsibility anymore. Just say, yeah, we messed up. Now, I will go with uh, Pennington's faster, better. Friendlier, yeah, yeah that's, that's a thing because you and I both uh, view ourselves as a little different than the average consumer. We're not as consumed with our feelings and like when they say, things, well, this is my problem with that. My problem with his point on friendlier. When folks do get completely screwed up, let's say in the airlines because you and I travel all the time, and they say, well, at least they were nice about it. I'm like, I don't give two hoots But they were incompetent about it. <laughs> right. I don't care if they were nice to me while they didn't get me to Appleton, Wisconsin, which I paid them $937 to do. They were nice about it. Well, I don't give two hoots and hell if the airline attendant for Northwest Airlines by the way, they don't exist anymore, part of Delta, is nice about it. I, I'm not that desperate for nice. But let's you know, let's look at what you and I do. Yeah, we're kind of prickly and we're kind of known for that. But you and I are so nice to the people who hire us. I've heard you say, and I say the same thing, you're paying me. I'm working for you. What can I do to make your meeting better? How can I make this go better for you? How can I fix the issue you're dealing with here? You're, you're running late. You're running early. Do I need to cut short? Do I need to stretch? We are the friendliest people to do business with. Uh, when folks always say, yeah, I have just obviously worked, you know, the, on a stage here twice on Thursday, and then somebody shook my hand afterwards and said, hey, thanks for coming. You really made this meeting great. And I said, well, don't thank me for coming. You paid me. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's, I, no, no, no. Let's put this in perspective. This is my job. It's my business. I appreciate that you enjoyed what I delivered. Uh, just like when I tell the guy that redid my floors, hey, thanks for coming and making, you know, making my floors look good. But... Yeah, I'm, we're friendly in that we understand the role. I've never looked at it as uh, some people where they just get so emotional over this thing. of. Well, I can't believe it. I remember I did that movie 20 years ago, shot the movie. And uh, I remember afterward, uh, my first day on the set, the very emotionally consumed actors were bitching about how mean the director was. And I just can't work like this. And I said, what do you think? I said, I don't know. I, I, I played sports. Uh, I worked in a factory. Uh, I've been in sales. I've been in comedy. Uh, I've been mistreated a lot, apparently, because I don't really. I don't. I'm not that bothered. <laughs> so, yeah. so what? Some little some little guy on a movie set screamed at somebody because they were standing in the wrong place. They didn't hit their mark and they delivered the wrong line. Okay, well, big deal. 
Well, you were paid to stand in the right place and deliver the right line, so it sounds to me like it might be your fault. Yeah, that's that's what I. So I, I'm not a consumer of that. Now let's talk about cheaper on Pennington's point, and we're going to tell Pennington we talked about him on my podcast. I know. Why am I on here? We're just going to talk about Pennington's books. All right. Right? Well, we, we're going to talk about your books too. And, <laughs> no, no. And I fully recommend Larry Wingett's books, and you you really need to if you haven't read one of them, you need to read at least one of them. Uh, you know, what's wrong with damn near everything is his latest one, but my favorite one is his first big one, and that is Shut up stop whining and get a life uh another one is you're broke because you want to be it's all about money and that's a tremendous read and if you've got children your children are your own fault that one is a really good book if you've got kids and you want to be a better parent back to pennington's point though about cheaper so if you think you're going to make a better business by delivering people in other words if you can save them time make their life more convenient or you can save them money Now, here's the thing. Cheaper flies in the face of what I talk about a lot because this quest to be the cheapest is is the the road to, you know, destruction for your business. So I'm not sure that cheaper matters in a a world like we have now where everything works. I just told you about the Proctor Silex hot griddle that I bought for $19.99. Hell, it's already cheaper in, in real dollars. Than it was, it's cheaper by half than it was 40 years ago. Yeah, but see, here's what I think you have to remember when you think about cheaper that it's about the cost to own the product versus uh, the cost to have the problem that it solves. It's about the value you bring. Every product, and see, this is one of those things where people screw up. We could do a whole deal just on this. This is where people screw up. They don't realize that they are in business to be profitable and that their business is profitable in direct proportion to the size of the problem they solve. Say that again. Your business is profitable in direct proportion to the size of the problem you solve. Okay, so dear listener, the reason why that matters, your business is profitable in direct proportion. So when folks say things like, and this is going to probably touch off some, some emotion on some folks, well... People don't, uh, minimum wage is enough to live on. You, you know, minimum wage is enough. And I say, well, what should it be? Well, it should be more. And I said, well, we'll define that. In other words, folks get really, really, uh, I guess, confused over this. And then maybe it's because they've never taken an economics class. Wages are really set by what the marketplace demands. You know, supply and demand come together, set the equilibrium point, and that's the price. So it's it's kind of this thing where folks just say, oh, something should, somebody should make more. And I said, well, Obviously, the marketplace has determined that that's mm-hmm. not that valuable. Your, you know, your business is profitable in direct proportion to the problem you solve. Jim Rohn, who was one of the true early gurus of our industry, he had a great story in there. And he said, people who make $5 an hour make $5 an hour because they solve a $5 problem and it takes them an hour to do it. And people who make $5,000 an hour solve a $5,000 problem and it takes them an hour to do it. What's the difference? It's not the hour. The difference is in the size of the problem they solve. So when we step back and say we got to be cheaper, what I believe we have to do is, is remind the customer through the value that we bring that the cost of our solution is much less than the cost of the problem. That we are solving. So I'm glad we clarified that because I can go with faster, better, friendlier. Uh, but when uh, we start talking about cheaper, I'm going to say, well, wait a minute, because that's the path to commodity mindset. And commodity mindset ends up where there's big three economics. Uh, mm-hmm. It comes down to how big can you be, how cheap can you produce something. And probably the people listening to this podcast are not going to be in that condition. No. They're not going to. And they don't want to be. And we hope they are. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're sitting here listening to this and you're saying, wait a minute, I, I, cheaper. Yeah, you don't want to be cheaper. You want to be, you want to solve a bigger problem. 
Exactly. And therefore make more money. And so we promised our listeners that we're never going to really go much over 20 minutes because I want these folks to say, hey, I'm going to tune in next time. Larry Wing is going to be my guest again because he's a friend of mine and he's a friend of the show. And uh, next time we do this, we might even do it over cigars. You willing to come back? Sure. All right. So uh, until then, thanks for listening to the Do Business Better podcast where we give you ideas you can implement to make your business better. Thanks. Until next time, I'm Damian Mason. Oh, and by the way, you can find my friend Larry Wingett again at LarryWingett.com. Please do so. Buy his books. Listen to his stuff. He's got he's got the same thing out there as me. Podcast. What's your podcast called? The Real Man Podcast. And it's a ever is it ever a good time for that? You know what? Hang up your Gillette razors and listen to the <laughs> Real Man Podcast with Larry Wingett. Thanks for being here.